Locked on Michael Bumas. I'm with Paul Moyer, and we got a nice little crowd in front of us. What's up? How we doing, people? How we doing? Doing well. You know what? You know who else is doing well? Who's that? Them Seahawks, man. Four and three. Geno Smith is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We might have found one of the best running backs in the league. I Mm. think that's official. We Mm. have one of the best rookie classes in the league. Where do we start, Moyer? Where do we start? Are they, well, first, do you think they're the surprise team of the NFL? It's them and the team we're going to play this weekend. The Giants, yeah, yeah six and one, and um, yeah, the Giants. Look, they're a good team. We're going to have to play well. We're going to have to beat them. Uh, you know, you watch them on film. Nothing great. Right. Nothing bad. Uh, you, they're just a really well coached team. Run the football unbelievably. They're, they're rushing 170 yards a game. That's going to be a challenge. It's been a bit of our Achilles heel. Uh, but I, I truly believe we have more athletes by a long shot. I believe we're a better team right now. I mean, Geno has been the story, but I think the Seahawks at 4-3 and three is, is definitely a story as well. And it, we, we kind of were kidding around a little bit a couple of weeks ago. Can we win the NFC West? Real possibility Man, now. there's... A, there's no doubt in my mind. I, and when I say that, I go, there's no doubt in my mind that we can compete for it. Right. Got to play well. I mean, the 49ers, you know, obviously getting McCaffrey and with their defense are tough. But I think the Rams are, man, they're, they're going to they're gonna have a hard time uh, winning the NFC West with their offensive line. I think Arizona is just an incomplete team. Let's highlight some of the, the playmakers from last week. We had, what, three sacks against the Los Angeles Chargers. Going into that game, they only gave up seven sacks. You got a sack by Quentin, Riff, uh, Quentin Jefferson. You got a sack by Daryl Taylor. And then you also have a sack by, who was the third one? Man, I'm blanking right now. DT, Quentin Jefferson, and... Was it Nwosu? I don't know what it was. Anyway, we have three sacks against the Los Angeles one. Chargers. They only gave up seven. You have a turnover, a pick by Ryan Neal, who we're going to see later on today. Yep. And this defense held the Los Angeles Chargers to 53 yards rushing. Now, that's saying a lot, and they're not saying a lot, because the Chargers only average about 33, 93 yards per game rushing, held them to 53. Um, Eckler still got his in the past game. He had 12 for about 96 yards in the touchdown and a rushing touchdown. But overall, we're looking at this defense, and we're saying, okay, we're getting better. We're getting better. What the haters are going to say is that, well, you look good against the Chargers. You look good against the Arizona Cardinals. I don't care. You still look good. This defense is taking steps in the right direction. Well, the Chargers were foreign to, uh, you know, very good defense. Uh, I was impressed what we did offensively versus them. Defensively, look, we, we got, I think, eight or nine quarterback hits on Herbert. He, he doesn't allow that. I mean, he gets rid of the ball pretty quickly. Um, they had Keenan Allen back. They had Williams. They had all their their guys, and it was by far our best performance. Now, look, the Chargers don't try to run the football. Right. I mean, it's just it's the weirdest thing to me. I don't know why they don't, but mm-hmm. they, they don't. But it doesn't matter. It was Al Woods was the, the other one who had the, the, the sack. Um, and, but I just thought it was a complete game for us as a team, both offensively, defensively, and even special teams. Right. Our best football, we've been talking about this a lot. Look, we got seven rookies, six really, but potentially seven rookies that are, are either starting or giving us some quality time. We're just going to get better. Geno Smith is just going to get better. I mean, we already know he can spin it. We know his decision-making. Now he's comfortable in the offense. He's truly a starter. Um, this this is going to be an exciting season for us. Also, what I liked about last week is that, unfortunately, we saw DK go down. 
Yeah. Right, we'll see if he plays this week. Hasn't practiced all week. They're being optimistic, but I say sit him down, let him rest as long Great. as he needs because you need him for the long run. But we saw Marquise Goodwin show up. Mm-hmm. He had two touchdowns. And I was asked earlier on the on the Bump and Station show, they're like, is this offense going to change with DK not being in it? I go, well, personnel will change because you're not going to have number 14 out there. But the way that Shane Waldron calls games, it's not like you're just dependent on 14. Now, you love 14. He will make big plays for you. But you got three tight ends who get involved. Marquis Goodwin stepped up. We've seen a little bit of D. Eskridge. We've seen Tyler Lockett. Like There are so many other options on this offense to where not having DK will be felt, but I feel like because of the way the game is called, this offense will still be able to do a lot of the things that they did with DK. Yeah, I, th- I think the big one will be what defenses do to us. I mean, when, when you've got DK out there, we, we pretty much know they're going to slide their safety over there, try to help over the right. top. Um, but Goodwin probably beats DK in a 40-yard dash. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he beats him in 100. Because uh, <laughs> DK, you know, as he picks up yeah. speed, yeah. he's incredible. But Goodwin's speed is still elite. Uh, we just saw what Kenneth Walker the third. not only is he capable, but what he is. He is the most electric running back the Seahawks have ever had. And I'm not That's even, big. I'm not, I'm not, More I'm not exaggerating. Marshawn. He's the most electric running back the Seahawks have ever had. He's the most complete running back the Seahawks have ever had. And we've had some good ones. I mean, Kurt Warner back in the 80s was incredible. Um, then we had Chris Warren. He was incredible. And obviously you had um, uh, Sean Alexander. And then you had uh, Marshawn. And then you had Penny. All of them had uh, strengths. I, I think Kurt Warner might have been probably the most complete of those four. Mm-hmm. And they all had a an element that they were strong in. Kenneth Walker the third can do anything. He one he makes people miss. We haven't had someone who makes people miss in the hole who could do a jump, step back, cut, and then get around the corner like everybody's standing still. He's strong for a guy who's five foot nine and a half, five foot ten. Yeah, he can actually break tackles and run over people when need be. The thing that I think can help us with DK being out. Let's get him involved in a passing game. He had no targets last week. Let's get him in a bubble screen. Let's get him in a screen. I, let's, I hate empty backfield. You, you brought this up earlier. <laughs> I hate it. But with him split out wide and you could just release everybody and get him one-on-one with a linebacker, there's no, nobody's going to tackle him one-on-one in the open field. Agreed. So, um, look, it, we're just going to keep getting better. Our offensive line is improving. I'd, I'm, I'm hoping we can get... Lewis and and uh, Phil Haynes. I don't know what the status on Phil Haynes. He went out with a bit of a probably not playing this week. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. That is Her the one. Her hand filled in for a little bit. Uh, yeah, well, we had Curran. He, he he did okay, but he, he struggled a little bit in the pass and pass protection. Um, but again, I, I feel pretty good about our offensive line. We're we're going to score points, even though the Giants are going to make us work for everything. Yeah. All right. Before we talk to Paul Schwartz from the New York Post, that's what we have coming up next. Let's talk about these Giants real quick. They're a sneaky little team, man. Mm-hmm. They're 6-1. and one. Jones has somehow conducted five game-winning drives this season. Now, his best season of his career was his rookie season through for over 3,000 yards, about 24 touchdowns, 11 to 13 picks. Uh, but he's been doing it differently this year. He is a mobile quarterback. When I thought of Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones from Duke, I did not think of a mobile quarterback. But this guy's added something to his game, and Dable's done a great job over there. Is keeping these guys competitive. They've come back in the fourth quarter in almost all of their games. They got a one-point win, a two-point win, a three-point win, a five-point win. They're a scrappy little bunch we got over there, Moore. 
Yeah, you, you watch them, and again, they're, they're not great at anything, but they're not bad at anything. And it's kind of a Pete Carroll type of team where most teams will mess it up. They'll lose it first. They, they don't lose it. Um, Daniel Jones, he's not going to beat us with his, with his arm. He's gonna, he can beat us with his legs if, if possible. I mean, Barkley is... Uh, he is who he is, and again, we, we, we're going to have to bow up this week al- right. along the way. But if we get out in front of these guys early, and to me, look, last week they had no business beating Jacksonville. None. I don't even know how they I had to go back and rewatch it again. <laughs> I go, wow, they won that game. And they've done that a bunch this this, this season. Uh, their, their one real big win probably was Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, their one loss was against Dallas to me they really haven't played anybody yet this the Giants this will be the best team I think that they've played and that means the Seattle Seahawks and I'm not so sure this isn't the best team the Seahawks have played uh, at least you know it's a team that won't give it up so uh, it's going to be a great game probably come down to the fourth quarter and uh, I believe our quarterback's better than theirs and I think the Seahawks win this game I'm with you I think the Seahawks win this game I think they have to do one thing they well obviously a lot of things to win a football game. But the main thing I feel like they have to do is be good tacklers. Yes. You cannot get Saquon Barkley wrapped up and let him loose. You cannot get Saquon Barkley one-on-one on the perimeter with space all around him and let him work. There was a play early in the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, they tossed a little swing over there to Saquon in space. One guy ain't going to get it done. Mm-hmm. So you need several to corral this man because he is that special. He's healthy. He missed a lot of games last week because of an ankle, or excuse me, last year because of an ankle. He's at that ACL. I watch him on film, and he looks like that rookie that we saw at Penn State a few years back. You know what, though? I, I like our rookie better. You like him better. I, I I'm like with you. Guy I'm with you. So let's let, have at it. Two teams that are very balanced, equal. It's going to be a really good football game. All right. Should be a good one. When we return, we're going to talk to Paul Schwartz from the New York Post. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Guys, how you doing? Getting ready for my long, long trip out west. Out west. Hey, we can't wait to see you. I was saying. And, and we can't thank you enough for staying up this late with definitely, us. Definitely. Definitely. Late night for you, Paul. We appreciate you. Thanks. Come on, it's only 10.15. It's not that late. I'm not an old man. Well, COVID pushed everybody (laughs) about an hour or two earlier to go to bed. So just just checking on you. I'll I'll try to stay up and the whole thing, yeah. We appreciate you. Let's talk about these uh, New York football giants, man. Uh, No one expected the season that they're having. They are 6-1. and I look at their schedule. I look at the way that they're winning games. And uh, I got to tip my hat to culture. I, I really feel like Dable's done a great job of getting these guys to buy in and believe that no matter what the score is, they're going to be able to pull one off. How, how do you feel about that? I feel you're 100% right. I mean, coaching really matters in this league. Uh, this roster is is really lacking in a lot of places. I mean, just look and look at their stats. You know, I mean, their stats in so many ways add up to a team that's just going to be, be a 500 or under 500 team, you know, giving up 144 rushing yards per game. You know, they scored 23 points in the first quarter. But they're outscoring teams 58 to 22 in the fourth quarter. And they are not turning the ball over. You know, Daniel Jones was a turnover machine early in his career. He's got four turnovers in seven games, which is excellent. Um, they're saving their best for last. Yeah, Brian Dayball and certainly Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, are, are really, really, um, they're doing, they're squeezing everything possible out of a roster that, you know, is really in the first year of a complete rebuild. You know, Joe, you watch them, uh, watch their last two games and defensively. 
man, they get after you. I mean, they're, they're, they're tight in coverage. You watch them in the run defense, and you go, it's really sound. And then you look at statistically, and you go, they're 28th. By the way, Seahawks are 29th. Um, is it because of a couple of big plays? Was there one game that, that skews those stats? Because it doesn't look like they're a bad run defense. Well, I mean, um, you know, I think they're, they're the, they might be the worst team in the league at first down. You know, their first down defense is poor. Um, so, it, you know, it's amazing. We're talking, and, and they are 6-1. and one. They have one of the best records in the league, but um, they have deficiencies. Their inside linebackers have been problems. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, if, uh, one of their first-round picks a few years ago, was probably the best year of his career. Leonard Williams is a terrific player inside, but he was hurt for three games, so that was that – was, um, a problem. They don't have great defensive line depth. Um, you know, Wink Martindale uh, pressures more than any coordinator in the league. That's helped. He has done. Wink Martindale said last week, you know, in Jacksonville, he did more situational football than he ever has in any game of his career. I mean, basically, down by down, snap to snap. He didn't have a base in there. You know, he was, okay, it, 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 it's second and seven, this group. He was just he was just manipulating it as hard as he can because he knows he can't just throw, guy out, throw guys out there and have them just line up and, you know, and beat the other team. So, um, look, it's going to come back to, at some point, you know, you, you can't keep winning this way. You know, they win every close game. The first game of the season in Nashville against the Titans, who back then we thought, you know, they were the – the number one seed in the AFC last year. They play a game just like they played the last few years. The Titans go down. Wink's defense does not stop them. They line up for a 47-yard field goal, and they miss it. And the last five years, the guy makes the field goal, and they're hard luck losers. Um, they were fortunate winners in that, in that first game, and everything is kind of snowballed from there. Paul, tell me about Danny Dimes. One, do you guys still call him Danny Dimes, or are we late? No, I mean, that, that's, you know, he doesn't even, you know, when anyone asks him about the Eddie Dimes, he said, well, it's not the worst thing I've ever heard. He never really embraced that. Um, I think we should, should call him uh, Danny Legs. Danny Legs is better Danny than Legs. Danny Dimes, right? I like that. Let's talk about Danny Long Legs. That's even better. Look at yep. you, Paul. I, hear, I see you, baby. Um, yep. Let's talk about Daniel Jones, man. He has five game-winning drives through seven games this season. That's the most through seven games since 1950. What is it about this guy? I know we talk about his legs. He rushed for over 100 yards last week with 11 carries, a season high. Also threw for 200 yards and a touchdown. I'm not going to overwhelm you with his numbers, but what is it about this guy that keeps them competitive? Well, not overwhelming you with his numbers. He's probably got the worst collection of wide receivers in the league. Okay, so let's remember that. He's got a great running back. He has marginal tight ends. The best one was a rookie named Daniel Bellinger. He's out for a while. He got poked in the eye. It was really nasty last week. So, you know, this is a guy who's not operating with a lot around him. Look, he's been through the ringer, right? He came in with Pat Shermer. This is his this is his fourth year. It's his third head coach and his fourth offensive coordinator. Right? That is a recipe for failure as a quarterback. And this is a whole new system. Brian Dayball's system is, is very new. He's got a new offensive coordinator in Mike Kafka. He's a smart guy. He's a good guy. Uh, you know, he, the teammates gravitate towards him. He's got um, less charisma in the locker room with the media than Eli Manning did. And Eli Manning, who we all know now, is, you know, Mr. Personality. He was not Mr. Personality with the media. You know, I, I like Daniel, but Daniel is um, 
purposely bland with us. You know, he's got more to offer, but he doesn't do it. Um, He's a really good athlete. You know, he's a big guy, 6'5", 220, but he can really run. Um, I think he's always been accurate. Uh, He had trouble processing, I think. He wasn't quick. You know, he wasn't one of those quick quick quarterbacks. He wasn't very, um, um, you know, he couldn't make things up on the fly that much, but he's really good as a runner. He's really good at play fakes. And let's face it, when you have a weapon like Saquon Barkley, those play fakes work. Saquon Barkley has really not been healthy for any of Daniel Jones' career before this. It makes a big difference. Well, let's talk about that running game because they're averaging 173 yards a game, number two in the league. How And, and look, you got some injuries. I don't know if uh, Bredesen or Neal are going to play this week, but how much of it is the offensive line? How much of it is Barkley? Bredesen and Neal will not play this week, so oh, um, you go um, you, you go out without a starting right tackle. Now, Evan Neal has, you know, he gave up three sacks to um, Demarcus Lawrence against the Cowboys, but he's been good. You know, he's a he's a, a mountain of a man from Alabama. He is already good, and he'll be really good. Andrew Thomas at left tackle, he's one of the best left tackles in the league right now. I mean, in his third year, he is terrific. He is quiet. And he, he doesn't make any noise, and he is really good. So um, they have two anchor tackles, I think, that'll, that'll bode well for the next, you know, 10 years if they stay healthy. But the offensive line is pretty good, but it is Saquon Barkley. He's special. Look, we can debate for two hours tonight, if you want, about should anybody ever take a running back with the second pick of the draft, right? And we can all have our opinions on it. And I think most people would say, no, you know, no, you can wait on him, even with a great player. And that's what Dave Gettleman, the former general manager, did in 2018. And, and you know, let's put that aside. What was Saquon Barkley supposed to do? Say to the Giants, look, I'm a running back. Don't take me number two, okay? His positional value is not there. So, you know, he was taken that high. He had a offensive uh, rookie, offensive rookie of the year. Uh, as a rookie, he was terrific. 1,300 yards, 91 catches. He was great. And then he has a high ankle sprain his second year. And then he has an ACL in his third year. And so, um, you know, he, he, he's, he's fully healthy now. He's leading the league in rushing. Uh, he is averaging five yards a carry. He, you know, can stop on a dime. His legs are still tree trunks. So, you know, he... Barkley and Daniel Jones are not on the contract for next year. It is fascinating to see what they're doing this year, and it'll be even more fascinating to see what the Giants do with them in 2023. Paul, I want to get your your opinion on something, man. We love some Geno Smith over here. I couldn't tell you that in August or <laughs> or uh, July. People were, were doubting him. But right now, he's playing at an extremely high level. I, I like to hear the opinion of people who are outside of our little bubble. Like, is he as... Is your perception the same way that we perceive him? Is he playing at the level that, that we think he is? What's the vibe of Geno Smith over there on the East Coast? And, and, and let me, let me add, because he was with the Giants in 2017, yep. just, you know, you, you guys got a little taste of him. I'm sure not what you thought he would be right now. Well, let, let's go back even further, okay? I cover the Giants, but I live in New York. So Geno Smith was here in New York with the Jets for four years, right? That was bad, right? That was a bad experience. Um, you know, he was, he was, you know, they couldn't wait to get him out of town by the end. It was his fault. It was the team's fault. It was everybody's fault, right? You know, he was not very good. The team was worse, and it just didn't work out. So I had that perception of Geno Smith. He is, he is you know, he, he, he's a failure as a quarterback. You know, he came to the Giants. They needed a backup for Eli Manning. 
uh, Gino was fine. And he played in one game, and it wasn't his fault. They, he plays in one game. Eli Manning started, what, 214 consecutive games. They decide that they need to bench him. It's Geno Smith, for God's sakes, right? You know, it's not his fault. He comes in. He played okay in, in um, Oakland against the Raiders. They lose. I think it was 21-17. They fire the coach, Ben McAdoo. They fire the GM. Right after that game, they reinstall Eli Manning as, as, as the quarterback, as a starter. And Geno Smith is there like, you know, he's like, he's like the, the, the bad guy, and what the heck did he do? I think Eli had a pretty good relationship with him, and I think that year, if you would ask Gino, that would be fascinating to me. Ask Gino what he thought of that year, because I think watching Eli Manning, how he dealt with the media, and more importantly, how he dealt with the game plan, how he prepared, how he studied, I think really helped Gino. Um, I am borderline shocked that he is having this kind of a season. You know, I think most of us thought when they got rid of Russell Wilson and you say we have Drew Locke and we have Geno Smith, I'm thinking, well, you have no quarterback. Um, is he the long-term answer? I don't know. Um, I also get a sense that the running game in Seattle is so good that it is helping Geno immensely. But you know what? The running game in New York is really good, and it's helping Daniel Jones immensely. So um, it'll be fascinating. You know, it's a long season. We'll see. But um, I can see, you know, 74% completion and not a lot of interceptions is pretty darn good. Yes, sir. He is Paul Schwartz of the New York Post, man. We appreciate you staying up and taking time, and you have a safe flight over here, man. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. Good talking to you. Appreciate you. All right, coming up next, we will chat with linebacker Jordan Brooks. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Jordan Brooks on the line. Jordan, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? We're well, man. We appreciate you taking time out of your night. We know what the grind is like being at practice, watching film, taking care of the body. So uh, we appreciate you taking time, man. The first thing um, I want to ask you is just how does it feel to have this defense performing at the level that it has um, after a couple of weeks where you guys have struggled a bit? It looks like you guys are in a good place. Oh, it's, it's a good feeling um, to, to be getting on track. Um I think for us, we just we can't get too high. Um, it can't get too low. Just stay, you know, just stay even and, and just try to keep it progressing each week. Well, two two great performances in a row. But, Jordan, watching the last two weeks, it looks like you're a little more freed up. I, I was it's particularly against Arizona and even last week. It looks like that the guards weren't getting through to you, that defensive linemen were, were holding those guys off, and you were able to run kind of gap to gap, sideline to sideline. Um, what, what changed over the last two weeks? Because it definitely uh, looked like you were freer to run to the football. Um, hey, we just kind of switched up a just cover pretty weeks to how we want to play up front. Um, you know, allow those guys to, to be in pe- better position to do so, to hold blocks. And um, these last two weeks, I think they've been doing great. Uh, talking about our D line, and um, which is probably why you're seeing a little bit more freedom. Hey, Jordan, I never played linebacker, but I talked to my linebacker buddies, and they say. If they were to play behind Al Woods, he'd free him up a little bit to do some work. Uh, what's it like playing uh, behind the big man Al Woods? Uh, it's a blessing, man. Al, Al's a, you know, a, a great nose guard, man. He, he doesn't probably get the recognition that he deserves because of the position that he plays, but he he's dominant, man. Um, 
sometimes it can be a little boring playing behind him because he'll go back there and just make the play. And so <laughs> it's, it's give and take, but it, it's, it's, a, it's fun playing behind him. Well, we just had uh, a reporter from the New York on, and we were talking about the, the Giants' running game. They're second in the league. They got 173, 174 yards per game. I mean, obviously Barkley's special, but do they do anything in the running game that's that's unique that you guys got to prepare for? Another um, thing that we haven't seen um, is definitely the guys that they have. Um, you know, Barkley adds a just a unique element to their run game and, you know, his abilities. And so uh, we know the challenges that we got this week. Uh, guys got to tackle well, myself included, and uh, we got this. Hey, man, tell me about Clint Hurt. You know, we watch him on TV. He seems calm but animated when he talks to you guys. What's he like on the field, and then what's he like in the film room as well? Well, I, w- I would say he's pretty calm. Um you know, he has his moments where he can get riled up, you know, when he's coaching with passion. But um, I think for the most part, he's pretty calm. He's a very smart, um, smart man when you talk to him, when you talk ball with him. And so I, I, was, I, I would agree with you in that sense. What's it like having so many rookies a part of, and really being a big part of this team because it's unusual and I, I get it they're they're good players but they're all so young um what, what kind of advice do you give these young guys i mean i don't think they need much advice the way they come in and um you know had immediate immediate success uh i guess the best advice you can give them is just not to get too caught up in the hype it's just you know, stay hungry and just keep doing what they've been doing. Hey, Jordan, when you when you show up to VMAC, um, what, what's your routine like? Because, you know, when I played, there were guys who showed up extremely early, um, did a lot of a lot of work on their bodies. There are guys who showed up like right before we're heading to the meetings. With you being a leader on this team, is there anything that you adopted from from Bobby or KJ or any of the other linebackers that you saw um, do what you do? Yeah, um, definitely probably the first one in the building, and I got that from Bobby and KJ. Uh, my rookie year, it was almost like a race between them two who can get to the facility early. And uh, them guys would get there at 4.30 or 5 o'clock. Uh, at first, you know, I wasn't I wasn't a part of that race. I, I had to get my sleep, but <laughs> I picked it up. I, I picked it up, you know, I, I, and I seen, you know, their preparation and, and how it paid off for them in their careers. And so, you know, as the, the, the years went by, I, I picked that up from them and definitely, you know, try to get there first for anybody. So does that mean that, that you go to sleep early? Or are we are we cutting into your, your rest <laughs> time right now? <laughs> no, man, it, it depends on the night. But uh, I, I go to sleep at a decent time so I can get up for you is your body feeling pretty good right now? You guys going to the eighth game of the year. You guys didn't play a lot, obviously, in the preseason. But you're now, you don't come off the field anymore at all. You didn't come off a lot last year, but now you never come off the field. How do you feel physically? Uh, I'm blessed. Um, I feel pretty good. You know, the season's still early. Um, so my body, you know, it's got a little couple nicks and bangs, but I'm, I'm healthy for the most part. I'm great. 
Jordan, you seem like a, uh, a calm, composed guy. If you were mic'd up, you know how to do those mic'd up sessions. <laughs> well, what are we going to hear? Are we going to hear much or are we not going to hear a lot? Man, it, it, it depends on the, the flow of the game, you know. Um, you'll hear me out there for sure. You know, I got to communicate with the guys. But for the most part, yeah, I, I'm pretty just to myself deserve uh, not a lot to say. So you don't have a lot to say to the other team. You're pretty quiet to the offensive lineman because offensive lineman can be. I'm a. Def- I was a safety, so they're they're a pain in the you know what. So, but are you you pretty quiet to them? Yeah, I mean that to me the trash talking is just wasting energy for me. Some guys can play that way. It helps them play better. For me, I I rather just line up and play the next play. Uh, getting into you know trash talking. Altercation. I start to lose energy trying to do that, and so I try to reserve as much energy as I can. Hey, man, how's the family uh, back home in Texas, and, and how often do, do they come up to see you during the season? Man, they're actually coming tomorrow. Um, this will be their first game of the season, so I, I can't wait to see them. Um, they're all strong and healthy, uh, doing well, so it's going to be exciting to see them come from the town tomorrow. You uh, you you were born, I think, in Dallas and end up going to, to Houston. I, I, I taught my kids all moved to Dallas. So they're learning a little bit what uh, Friday Night Lights is all about. So what has the best football, Houston or Dallas? Oh, oh man, you put me in a. Uh, you got to answer it, though. <laughs> <laughs> man, this is what I'll say. Because Houston's the biggest city, I think they have more talented players. But as far as programs, Dallas Dallas is probably one notch up as far as better schools. But barely. <laughs> barely. <laughs> well, you've been to both, so so you're good. My my kids are in Dallas and in Frisco area, and they're they're trying to figure out where they're going to put their kids. And so uh, I just told them, I go, there's pretty good football out there. You'll you'll find it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> nice area, by the way, Frisco. Yeah, yeah, I love it out there. Hey, Jordan, this is uh, your your third year in the league. Um, is there anything that you added to your game? Is there something that you felt um, you weren't the greatest at your rookie year that you feel like you've worked on and you've gotten better at? Um, I think it's something that you always work on. For me, like, I'm still striving, you know. I'm, I'm incomplete right now. I'm, I'm working to completion. And so I'm, I'm still at it every day, trying to get better in every aspect of my game. Even the things that I'm great at, uh, as far as tackling, I want to get better at tackling. I want to get better at punching the ball out, getting interceptions, getting sacks, uh, making a difference for this team. So I'm still working progress and uh, just working at that every day. All right, Jordan. Well, you get some rest tonight. You'll be the first one in that facility like you always do, man. And uh, good luck this weekend. Yes, sir. Appreciate appreciate you guys for having me. All right. Thank you. Come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court. We have a chance to win gift cards from the Bellevue's Collection Dining District. Tonight, they're giving away gift cards to Fogo de Chao, Daniel's Boiler, Cactus, Ascend Prime Steak and Sushi, and Duke Seafood. Be a part of our audience. Join the raffle. We already got some winners here. You guys come join us. All right, when we come back, we're going around the NFL. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Right now, we got the playmaker himself, oh, Ryan Neal. Give it up. Yeah. What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> 
Ryan, man, thank you for coming out here and making sure. time for us, man. And uh, my first question, I always ask, well, not always, but I like to ask people at this point of the season, I mean, it's a grind, man. How's the body feeling? Yeah. How's the mental doing? I mean, it's doing as best as it can, man. You do whatever to take care of your Ferrari. You know what I'm saying? Right. So <laughs> I always got to make sure it gets this oil changes. Got to make sure your tire's full and changed out, rotated, so you can go out there and get the best you can. You know what I'm saying? And mentally, hey, I'm in, I'm in a better place than ever before. You know what I'm saying? And just it. hungry for more. Love it. You know, listening to Pete Carroll talk about you, man, talk about that relationship. One, he, look, he has an affinity, a love for guys mm -hmm. who, like you that are good football players who are playmakers. And he's talked, I mean, he just said some pretty high praises about you this past game. Just talk about what Pete means to you. Um, I mean, really, he, I owe him everything. You know what I'm saying? I came from Atlanta, uh, got cut from there, but I was under Dan Quinn. And so uh, I kind of already have a familiarity with what they do here and how we run things here. And uh, coming here, man, Pete just, he looks for dogs. You know what I mean? It's just in the history of his of his coaching carousel of the players that he's bringing in, undrafted guys like, you know, Jermaine Curse and just guys who come up from the bottom, Deshaun Sheds and people like that. Like, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a thing he's looking for with everybody he brings in. It's just that grit factor he always talks about. And so um, just being able to come here and him giving me that shot when, when it was time back in 2020, it meant everything to me. And then uh, for just allowing me to keep it moving, is even is even more so i mean the relationship with pete i owe that man everything i appreciate him i uh i told you after you, you remind me of me and the reason why i say that is i was an undrafted free agent yeah but i had a coach that just said paul you're a good player be a playmaker mm. and i i look at pete he's kind of say he looks for a guy he doesn't care if somebody's drafting the first round mm -hmm. or a free agent are there coaches that have gotten more out of you than Pete before? I mean, do you respond to a guy like him and says, hey, you just go be you, man. Just go and be a football player. You know, being here, it, like, he's really allowed me to be myself, and that's just, like, character-wise. But the work ethic, like, that's always been the thing. And it, it takes me back to, like I said, when I was in Atlanta with coaches like Mark Manuel and C-Jack, the first thing they wrote on the board when I got there, because I got there late, was desperation mode. And it was like, every single day that we watched this film, it needs to look like you're desperate to try Try to make it and so we would just go down and watch all my scout team reps all the time and he would just tell me like, i don't know that don't, don't look desperate like if the ball 40 yards downfield you better be running your butt 40 yards downfield you know what i mean so that's always something that's just always been a part of me and then just coming here to allow me to be myself that's a whole different thing so i just you know i always appreciate him for that for sure man i was sent um some clips of reactions on the sideline whenever y'all make plays and it was it was by accident too i ain't gonna front it was by accident it was sent to me and i click on the link and it's like up close i feel like i'm in the game it's hd yeah. and i'm watching the way you guys interact with each other and it seemed genuine it seemed real and it seemed like you guys were close how close is this defensive unit i mean shoot this team is closer than ever before i feel like because we just got put on the back burner. You know what I'm saying? Like from jump, like nobody expected us to even kind of have any kind of success. Everybody kind of put us on the back burner and thought we wasn't going to be anything. You know what I mean? And that's just across the league everywhere. And so it's just like when you get in that type of space, you know, it's your back against the wall and y'all just kind of like you gel together because it's like it's us against the world at this point. You know what I mean? And that's just kind of how we feel. And I feel like that's just the best way to go about it, man, which is us against the world. And you know what? I feel that because we do a show from VMAC every Thursday from 10 to 2, and I get there around 9 o'clock. 
I don't know what's going on in the meeting room, but that music is loud and oh, y'all yeah. hooting and hollering, man. Oh, yeah. If you can take me in that room uh, without revealing too much, what's going on? Because it sounds like y'all having a good time uh, in there. Well, there's probably a shoot-off going on. In our <laughs> meeting room, we have a basketball hoop, right? And so we'll watch film and say a guy catches a, a, a touchdown pass over a defender, and we don't know if he got two feet in. Coach Carroll will just be like, all right, we're going to have a shoot-off, Ryan Neal and DK. And literally for 30 seconds, we get in the shots. We putting up shots trying to beat each other. Like, that's literally how we roll. Like, we come in, music's blasting. I mean, my first First time coming here when I met Pete Carroll, I go in his office, and this is when I actually found out that he's really like crazy. I'm like, okay, this guy's crazy. So he has like six TVs with football games on, his like three computers with the, the football games on, whatever. And then he also has loud music just blasting. And I'm like, okay. I sit down. He's like, he comes to sit down. He's like, hold on, wait a second. I got to turn this down. I can't hear him. I'm just watching him mouth the words. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. And he literally turns a knob like that much. <laughs> and he sits back down. And I'm in the, like trying to hear him talk. I'm like, like this. And the, the first time meeting him, it, it, that's just the way it is all the time. Like we are just juiced up at all times. Like meetings always fun. Having shoot offs. Just watching film, watching plays around the league, playing music. Like, it's just it's the culture of the thing that, that's just been here forever. And Love it's, it. just, it's a great thing to be a part of. So you have a, a pretty amazing game last week. You had seven tackles, four passes of defense, a nice interception. Mm -hmm. And then Pete brings up something that's even crazier. No, the man was sick. So <laughs> how sick were you and what, you, what were you sick with? Yeah, so... Uh, all I remember was around like 10 o'clock, I'm like, all right, cool, I'm kind of tired, I need to go to sleep. I go to sleep for two hours and I wake up, I got chills, sweat all over the bed, body aching, and I'm nauseous. I'm like, okay, this is not happening right now. So I can't sleep, I'm rolling over, I'm like, I just, I can't sleep. So I take all the pillows off the bed, I grab the blanket, I go sleep on the floor. So now I'm on the floor and time is just rolling by. So I'm like, I'm just gonna get my iPad and watch film because I just, I can't sleep. Like, my body hurting, I'm sweating, I'm cold. And the blanket's wet at this point, so now I'm just, like, using <laughs> hoodies. I'm just like, dude, this is sick. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 5, 6.30 rolls around in the morning, and I'm like, okay, we're not leaving the hotel till 10 a.m. for the game, so I need to try to at least sleep for an hour or two. And so I fall asleep from, like, 6 to, like, 7.30, and I wake back up. I'm just like, all right, still nauseous. I'm like, okay, this ain't good. Text the trainer. I'm like, all right, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I'm feeling crazy. I'm not eating nothing. Don't want to drink anything. Every time I eat, I feel like I want to throw up. So I go to the, you know, for the stadium, and they give me all the, you know, the medicines, the Tylenols, the IV bags, and I ate probably a half of a Uncrustable and a whole thing of Pedialyte, and went out there and just played the game, and like literally, that's just how it went. <laughs> like I wasn't even thinking nothing else of it. You yeah, know, there there are some people who can play injured. Mm -hmm. There's some people who can play. And there's some who cannot. Have you always been that guy? There's some guys who, are, when they're wounded, mm -hmm. you know, it's like a wounded animal. That I mean, they're really super focused. Right. Have, have you always been that way? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say so. I mean, I mean, we football players. You already know, you play tons and tons of games through some things that a lot of people wouldn't do you know what I mean yeah. and it's just like it's the nature of the game you play and it's been that way since since I was a little boy so I mean to me it was just like you know hey it's one of those times you know what I mean and even in the football season we're playing now though you watch it on TV we all like we flying around but have these guys out there playing like with band-aids on right. for real like you know what I mean like things are really wrong but they got to go out there and they got to do that and the only way you get through it is just by just focusing on what's going on. And that's what I was telling people. Like, it was just every play, I'm like, I have to play with my eyes. I can't waste any steps. I need all the energy I need. You know what I mean? And so I just felt like when, when you get in the spots like that, even later in the season, you just got to focus more. And that's what guys tend to do. And you got to dig deep and find a way to keep fighting. You know what you had? 
Your Jordan flu gang. Oh, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Jordan flu gang. Let's go. Man. Let's yeah. go. Crazy thing is, I wore a North Carolina Michael Jordan shirt to the game, which Come was on. wild. Oh, I was just like, on. all right, what? It was the most crazy <laughs> thing ever, I swear. I was like, okay, this That's is wild. That's dope. I, yeah. I heard you were at the, you were on the sideline one time. You were thrown up into a trash can, yeah. and uh, the crowd was <laughs> chirping at you. What yeah. was they saying to you? <laughs> they, were, they were doing that, and I was just like this. Come on, help me throw up, because throw up noise makes me throw up. So they just, they just doing all that. I mean, they was into it. I was just like, all right, cool. And then I look up, we about to get on the field. I'm like, oh, okay, got to go. Threw my talent thing and just took off running. Right back to work. Yeah. Man. What's it like coming to work every day, especially with a unit that has been doubted all year? You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And to have you guys have the success that you have now, um, I would assume that it's, it's easy to stay hungry because yeah. um, you've had everybody doubt you, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just a hungry group, and the group is young and hungry. Like, we got some young, hungry dogs in our room. I mean, I can go all the way down. I mean, Tariq and, and Kobe and, and, and Joey Blunt. You got Boy Mafe. I mean, it's just the list of those guys. They are some incredible dudes, incredible young men who kind of work every single day looking for a way to get better. Blunt is low-key a sniper on special teams, Let me teams tell y'all something. Joey Blunt, y'all yeah. going to love that man. And he got on 35, if y'all don't know. So, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that that whole class, I mean, Kenneth Walker and the two tackles, I, I mean, it's, I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. Yeah. And the cool thing about them is that they're eager and that they're hungry and that they're willing to listen, and none of them have a big head. They're all just, like, ready to get back to it. Yeah. And, when you got a group like that and they're young like that, it makes you excited and it makes you better. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. okay, if they gon' they're gonna respect the leader who balling, so you gotta do your thing. So it's just like, you know, across the board, it's just it's a cool thing to be a part of, especially for the defense. And we got great leadership and guys like Al Woods and Quandre did, yeah. my dog, like he one of the best leaders ever, keeping the you know, keeping the group together and keeping us rolling forward, you know what I yeah. mean? So it's just a beautiful thing. Well, the 12s are pretty excited about this. I mean, look, you, you said it, it started with an S and ended with a T at the press conference. <laughs> that people didn't think, you know, you guys are going to be that S yeah. word. Um, <laughs> you guys are you're more than that, obviously. Yeah. And Gino's a big part of it. But I think the defense, the talent's there. Mm -hmm. You guys figuring out this 3-4 and the last two weeks has looked pretty good in the running game. But mm -hmm. you guys got a test this week. You got oh, yeah. Barkley and, and the Giants. Look, I, we were watching. We were talking about the film. They don't do anything great. They don't do do anything bad. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's going to be a tough game for you, but just talk about that challenge this well, week. You are, I mean, they got talented guys in Saquon and Daniel Jones. Two talented people, especially Saquon with that rock in his hands. He's dangerous. But the team, the, the, the whole focus of them is they want to be more physical than anybody. That's always been the New York mentality, and that's what they do on the film. You know what I mean? They hang in the game, and they continue to just pound you over and over and over again until they just wear you out and win it in the four. So we already know coming into this game what it's going to be. You know what I mean? It's going to be a dogfight from start to finish. They're saying the weather's going to be very Seattle-ish, so nice. you already know what that's going to be like. So it's just we already know what we're looking forward to, and we got to just strap it up and hit them for all four quarters, and that's just what it's going to be. You say they want to be a, a physical team. I think you guys mm -hmm. have become a physical team. And mm -hmm. is that something you guys talk about? Oh, every day. I mean, that's just that's our literally our code. Like we got to out physical everybody, got to out hit everybody. That's just the way the game is going to be. And that's all started from the L.O.B. and before. You know, what I mean, they set that example of, no, you got to punish these opponents. When you make these hits, they got to feel it. You know what I mean? Because down at the down, as Beast Mo said, nobody wants to have that over and over and over right. and over again. So it's just like you got to that's the, that's the standard they set. And that's what we live. Wow. It's kind of like the Mariners. Uh, I think the the 12s are they love this team. They, mm -hmm. they love the players and what you guys stand for. But I'm going to bring you back to basketball because mm -hmm. you mentioned that the he, first time Pete he, he threw you out there. We've had Charles Cross on. We've had Abe Lucas. We've we every person we've had on 
and said they're the best basketball player in the history of the game. Um, who's the best shooter on the team? Hold on, they said that about themselves? Yeah, yeah. Everyone who sat on that couch says they are yeah, the best. And by the way, focus. everybody who sat on that couch had their best game of the year, so it's looking good for you. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you first and foremost, I, I play football, okay? I'm not a basketball player. <laughs> never been. People always cried about me fouling on them and hacking, so I went and played football. But I can tell you, every last one of those dudes lied. Because I've seen them all shoot, they can't shoot. So, no, they, none of them, no, not even close. Who is the shooter? Who is the shooter? All right, let me see. Puna Ford can shoot. Yeah. Uh, Tyler. Oh, Tyler really can shoot. Um, I saw a video with Drew Locke uh, splashing him yeah, today. Yeah, Drew Locke, all right. Drew Locke, all right. And uh, did I say Puna Ford already? Yeah. Uh, Don Cor, when he get his mind right, he can shoot. He's actually he's uh, actually uh, the, a former okay. professional player. Uh, who's the best of the DBs? Quandre. I get really? the Quandre. I yeah. get the Quandre. He, man, he's quiet about it. Nah. No, to, to us. <laughs> not to you guys. Yeah, okay. Nah, yeah, I, I give it to Quandre. He got the best shot for sure. All right. Heck yeah. What's up? Um, Pete, does Pete shoot too? He gets, he gets down. Nah, is Pete a lefty? He's a lefty, right? I, I think he is. I think I'm seeing him shoot one time. He probably made about a good four. He yeah. did. Yeah, he did pretty good. Yeah, I think he shot maybe two years ago. He did pretty good though. Cause we made him shoot because he never does. We was like, no, nah, I get up there and shoot. <laughs> he started shooting. I was like, all right, you can shoot. Like you should. We have another basketball hoop in the indoor facility. It's a real court, and he stands about 30 yards away and throws a football. Today, I I swear to God, he sunk three just. From 30 yards out, Flash I me. swear. I was like, Coach, I'm, they're going to drug test That's you. That's pretty good. <laughs> like, I promise you, like, don't do that. Like, for did, real. Did he have his gloves on? Oh, no. He just... Mm, like uh, nothing, thirty yards away. That's that's, pr- that's, that's what he does. It is. Well, you know, he likes to go out with his 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 gloves, right? Oh, yeah. You know, he'd be, yeah. He, he got the gloves on when he plays scout team quarterback for he, sure, though. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and he, all right, last question for you. You've been out here a couple years now. You're you're not from the Northwest. What do you love to do here during your time off? Man, I love hiking and seeing the views here, man. Where I'm from, I mean, I'm from Indiana. If y'all know anything, it's cornfields up and down the entire state. So that's <laughs> yeah. just all you see. Um, but I mean, you guys have a beautiful place up here. I I mean, when I first got up here, I just I couldn't believe it. Right. You know what I mean? Just being surrounded by mountains, all this water. I mean, I've been on a bunch of hikes since I've been out here, and I mean, that's just like my favorite thing to do. I just like get lost in it. Um, being in nature is cool for me. It's kind of a thing to help me deal with anxiety, help me reset. And uh, I always find time to make that time to go out there and kind of just, you know, zen out, just be at, you know, be at peace with myself, be at peace with God and just appreciate everything. You know what I mean? So that's like my favorite thing to do, though, man. I love the views awesome. here, man. It's, I've been to the Space Needle like four times. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, I love it out here. For real. It's, it's dope. Hey, well, we love your game, man. We appreciate you taking time out of your day. Sure. Give it up one more time for Ryan Neal. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. You've you become a 12 favorite, man. It's man. been fun to watch. And I love the 12s, man. I do. I appreciate y'all for sure. There we go. All right, when we return, we'll go around the NFL. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Just joined oh, by man, Ryan Neal. So Great interview. Got a nice little crowd out here. And uh, it's time to go around the NFL. And I don't think the news broke last week when we were sitting here together. Oh, no. Yeah, we were sitting here together. And um, Chris yeah, McCaffrey. Were I, you here last week? No, that wasn't you, huh? No. That was Ray Roberts. Oh, no. I was here for McCaffrey. Oh, you were here for McCaffrey? Yeah. But it was last week. Yeah, it broke. We were sitting right here. I know, but I wasn't here last maybe i was i can't remember. i think you were i was gone one week yeah the, you here. all know they all know when i wasn't <laughs> here i can't remember but um the news broke christian mccaffrey to the 49ers obviously we didn't expect to see much out of him that very first week i think he had like three carries a couple receptions but they got whooped by the kansas city she's now the kansas city she's that's just a good football team um and i look at the niners and they still are a threat to me 
What do you think of the Niners after that loss and with the addition of Christian McCaffrey? Well, I think what surprised me was defensively how much they struggled. And I get Kansas City's good, but they're not 45 good on a great defense. So that that to me was uh, an eye-opener for me. And look, I think Garoppolo is fading fast. Um, I, I think McCaffrey, if they settle in, it's going to take them a while. Yeah. they got to figure out roles and how they're going to spread the, the football around. I mean, look, everybody says, oh, you know, McCaffrey. I go, you can only throw to one guy at a time, <laughs> right? I mean, it's like having ten good basketball players. Man, only five can be on the court at once and only one can shoot. And the same thing with there. they got to figure out how they're going to get the ball to Kittle and Samuel and McCaffrey and and. and and Ayuk and all those guys, they're, they're, I think they're going to be good offensively. But let me tell you what, if all of a sudden they lose two or three in a row because mm-hmm. they're still trying to figure it out, they're out of the race. And yeah. they went all in. All they got in. no draft pick. They don't have a first, a second. They got some thirds from the supplemental draft. But they basically gave up everything for McCaffrey. And they'd already given up their first uh, before that. So, uh, I look at the Rams and 49ers. I mean, they better f- turn it around quickly. I think the 49ers still always a tough matchup for us. But I'm starting to feel like this defense is believing in themselves. Mm-hmm. It looks so different than the last two weeks in the interior line. And I, when we had Jordan Brooks on, how he's freed up to run the football. And let me tell you what, that's a game changer because yeah. he is fast, he's physical, he's he's a specimen. There's not very many guys like him that are as big, as strong, uh, as fast, and can tackle the way he does. And so if you can just free him up, um, we, and we've done a great job against the run, this is going to be interesting. We can do it three games in a row and against the Giants. Boy, I'm going to be feeling pretty good about this team. You know, also who's been freed up, we heard uh, Pete Carroll say he's allowing him to take more chances is uh, Nuosu. Yeah. He said he's allowing him to take more chances. Um, I spoke to him actually earlier today. He goes, look, I still got to do my job, but if I see something, I'm allowed to react. I think that's part of this whole process to where guys understand. And I believe we were watching films together, and you mentioned that. Like, okay, you can do your job. You get to your spot. but. See ball, get ball. When it's yep. time to play football, you have to play football. So I think we're seeing the maturation of a defense, and they're not playing robotic. They're not just doing what the paper says. They're making sure their job is covered, but when they have an opportunity to make a play, you go ahead and make a, make a play. And that's what great teams do. Yeah, no question. And, you know, look, offenses are good at giving false reads, right? I mean, these defenses are taught so well to read your keys. Guard, pull, then I got to go next gap over. Yep. I keep following it. And now they're running these, you know, pulling offensive linemen and running play action passes behind. They've got RPOs. The game has changed. There's no question about it. So you have to free guys up to say, go make plays. You know, your key, that lineman just pulled, but the football just came into your gap. Yeah. It's okay to go and tackle the football. And I think that's the same thing with Nwosu. Yes, you've got outside contain on pass rush, but if you felt you can beat the tackle inside and still work your way back, then go for it. And that's just coaching. That's what Pete, to me, has always done. Not everybody gets that free reign. You've got to earn that right and that right. trust. And I think Pete is giving more and more guys that free reign to go make plays. All right, now I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Um, we're both from Southern California. Mm. I would assume that you played a lot of football on grass. Grass and only. I grew up playing football on grass. I didn't see turf until I got to college. You went to a school where you guys still played on grass. Mm-hmm. Um 
this issue's popped up, and Pete Carroll has been kind of vocal about it, saying, look, there needs to be more research going into these non-contact injuries that are happening on turf. Research says, is there like a 28% increase of non-contact issues on turf rather on grass? Me, personally, I prefer grass because I like the give. I like digging my cleats into the turf into the ground. There's give there. I get in and out of my breaks. It feels smooth. It feels a bit more sticky when you play on turf. Now, I understand uh, financially why people go turf because it costs a bunch to get it in, but it's easier to maintain. You know, I, the best grass I ever played on was down south. I went to, the, to Auburn. Best grass I ever played on in my life. So, I, and it rains up here. Like, I, I try to look at it as a, as a ball player and as a businessman, and I, I get the business side of it, but as a ball player, man, I prefer the grass. What are your, your thoughts on this whole thing? Well, I get why offense people would want grass because you slip on grass defensively. Uh, it gives. And, and you're right. And while the field turf is way better than AstroTurf, and yeah. by the way, the greatest grass field in the history of any sport. Where? Is Arizona State Sunday? Of course, you're going to say no, that. and I'm not even no, saying it, that. I'm not, I'm not saying it was it, garbage when I played up there. Well, I don't know what happened because, <laughs> well, back when I played, they only allowed Arizona State to play, uh -huh. so you only had six, seven games a year. They redid the whole, they pulled pulled the whole thing out, resodded the whole thing every uh -huh. year. It was so cut, so fine. It's the fastest grass. I've ever played on. Uh -huh. And so I like that because the, the cuts were true. You can get some high grass and, you know, sometimes it, it, it's not as good. Actually, sometimes it's more dangerous. Back when I played, sometimes you had uh, baseball teams that, that coexisted with them. You had an infield you had to deal with. They don't really deal with that anymore. So I get what Pete's saying. I also look, I think there's a lot of studies that still need to go f f with that. I also think there's a lot of non-contact injuries because these guys are so big now. Explosive. They're so fast. Their muscles are bigger. But here's the one thing that do doesn't really get stronger, tendons and joints. Right. You can only put so much stress on those things. So I think you have, you know, these bodies that you've got to try and move and and keep up with the speed of, you know, uh, you know they're like supermen, right? The, the problem is their internal, you know, tendons and, and ligaments they're not as strong and so i think that, yes there needs to be some studies i get it that there's probably a few more injuries but it is so much better than astroturf we're used to get acl tears yep. all the time because it did get stuck and there was no give at all yeah uh, my first road game to oregon state they were the last team in the pac 10 at the time youngsters where uh, they had the AstroTurf. And I remember sitting in the locker room, and um, I packed my cleats. And I'm, I'm getting ready to put my cleats on. I had no idea they were AstroTurf. My, the, the older teammate was like, hey, what you doing, man? Go ahead and put those, those Jordans on you got yeah. right there because that AstroTurf. Yeah, that was rough, man. All right, let's go to, let's go to Indianapolis. Hmm. Matt Ryan is being benched. There's an injury. I think it's a shoulder or something that's going on. But they're not saying, look, okay, he's done for the next couple of weeks. They're saying Tell for the rest of the season, we're going with this kid, Ellinger. And you look at his stats, he's not playing horribly. I think his touchdown to pick ratio is like 9-9. Nine nine, but passing yards-wise, he's top 10. I believe completion rate is around like 63 to 64%. Um, What's going on in Indy, man? They've had so many veteran quarterbacks go over there and just not be able to get it done. Yeah, I mean, they, I think they looked at, look, nine interceptions. I think that leads the quarterbacks. Uh, it was the number of fumbles he had had. It was the third down conversions. And more importantly, it's it's points and wins. And, you know, Frank Reich said, he goes, look, we are, it's a tough business. We're, we're judged on wins and losses, and, and that's reality. And where they are right now, it, 
coaches don't make those decisions on a game. They make them on consecutive things, right. practice through preseason. Right. It's not progressing the way we want. We're watching this other young kid in practice. We like it. We're probably at a point where we gotta we got to roll the dice, see if he's our quarterback of the future. They always say it's not for a game or two. It's for a game or two if he isn't any good. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Matt Ryan's back in. But mm-hmm. uh, I think they're trying to give this guy confidence and not uh, put too much pressure on him. More QB stuff going on in New England. We saw uh, Zappy. Is that crazy? That's wild. Have you ever seen a guy get pulled after three series? Three series through one interception. The numbers weren't bad. He threw an interception. But uh, but did, now. It didn't look right. I get it. But they, they, Belichick but said it was because of his ankle. Him? Yeah, he said it was because of his ankle. But now he's back. I don't know what's going on in New England with Mac Jones and Zappy over there and Bill Belichick. He ain't going to tell you nothing. Bill's going to keep it as dry as possible over there. But it sounds like Mac Jones is going to be the guy. Again, um, I just think mentally for that quarterback, like, what are you doing to that quarterback? If you're going to go with Zappy, you might as well let him start an, uh, a game or two. You know, I've uh, people have asked me who's the greatest coach in NFL history. And, you know, Bill Belichick, the number of Super Bowls, you, you got to put him in there. But, look, he did it with one quarterback. Yep. His name's Tom Brady. Tom's not there. They've been struggling. I've said the best qu- coach in NFL history, a guy named Joe Gibbs. Joe won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. None of them are in the Hall of Fame. Mm. And he ran three different offenses. That, to me, is unbelievable. Every other coach, they've had Joe Montana. They've had Ben Rosselberg. They've had to hang their hat on one guy. That's why if Pete can win another Super Bowl mm. with Geno, oh. man, he catapults Ooh, all wee. the way to top five, right? Ooh, Maybe wee. even higher than that. And so Bill Belichick, you're starting to go his crazy decisions now. He ain't got Tom Brady to bail him out. No. And he's starting to look like just a coach. Just a guy. Just a guy. With six rings. No, look, or seven. <laughs> no, Tom got seven. He got one on Oh, the you're right. Okay, okay, that's fair. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, look, you, you got to give it to him for that many Super Bowls. Yeah. But he ain't got time anymore. No, nah, he doesn't. We'll see how that pans out. All right, when we get back, we're going to go inside the film room. We're going to break down Ryan Neal's interception, Daryl Taylor's strip sack, and Ken Walker's 74-yard touchdown. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Now it's time to go into the film room. We're going to break some plays down. This first play we're breaking down was Ryan Neal. He intercepts Justin Herbert in the first quarter. Third down and seven. Herbert drops back, looks, fires down the middle. Ball is intercepted. Ryan Neal with the pick. Breaks a tackle across the 45. Spins out to the 47-yard line. The Seahawks on defense. Talk about adding to what they did a week ago against Arizona. A pick this time off of Herbert, who hadn't thrown many. And the Seahawks are in business near midfield. All right, tell me what you see, Moyer. Well, uh, looks like we're playing quarters uh, up top to our left and playing cover two down below. And again, I say that because we're starting to disguise things better. They're getting the concept of matchup zone uh, defense. And there's times I'm struggling to, what is it? Right. But they're all on coverage. Mm-hmm. So that's a beautiful thing. And that makes hesitation for quarterbacks. I'm not sure what Herbert's looking at here. Uh, I think he's thinking that we're going to push, uh, Ryan Neal's going to push to the number two receiver on the weak side to our right. But he just zones it off and reads the quarterback. And I, I told you, he's a, he's a playmaker. Uh, I mean, he just reads the quarterback's eyes, cuts in front of this underneath, uh, extends his hand like a receiver. It's just, uh, he just makes plays. Yeah, you described it beautifully. You got quarters up top. You got cover two at the bottom. 
You got Ryan Neal. Uh, this is a dime package. That means they got six DBs out there, and he just plays football, man. You drop to your zone. You get your eyes on the quarterback. That's what I love about zone is that you're able to read and react. You're looking at the quarterback, seeing where his eyes are going, and when they make mistakes like that, this makes football a lot easier for these guys in the secondary. Just playing football there, Moyer. Just playing some football. It's a beautiful thing. All right, next play, we got Daryl Taylor, strip sack of Justin Herbert in the first quarter. From the 49. Herbert drops back again. Yeah. The ball comes out. The ball is scooped up to Seahawks. Hammond. It's Taylor running down the far side. Knocked out of bounds at the 20-yard line. I couldn't tell from here whether the ball was just stripped away, whether he fumbled. The ball just reached out and knocked out of his hands, and Taylor picks it up. And another takeaway by the Seahawks. Chargers now have turned it over twice, and Seattle in great field position to try to score again. One, before I get your analysis, man, I love the movement in the secondary, man. I, think I love that thing. movement. I do, too. Safety crashing down. You got your backer going to the flat. The corners, are, I mean, it's just, it's, it's poetry in motion when I look at that movement in the back end. But what are you looking at? Uh, same. I, they disguise it as a cover two look, um, and then we drop our, our free safety down. To, they motion to a kind of a stacked uh, position, right, where they get three guys all together, and we zone it off. This ends up becoming man-to-man, but we let them go once they motion down. And this is where I'm getting really excited about our pass defense. It, they're starting to understand the concepts, right? And so when we got these new coaches in, they're great teachers, it's just taking a little time for them to really not think about this anymore. Yeah. So now they motion down to three wide receivers in a stack position. They just say, go ahead. You guys release, and we'll pick up. I'm, I'm the inside guy. I'm the middle guy. I'm the outside guy. And whatever those three guys do, we'll go ahead and pick up from there. Now, let's talk about the pass rush now. Because yeah. Daryl Taylor's taking a little bit of heat. Sometimes he... He's, I don't want to say disciplined. I don't, I don't know if he has a game plan sometimes for his pass rush. Right. Um, but one thing we know is he's a speed rusher. And if he can get that speed rush on the edge and he's got great shoulder turn to get around the edge of a tackle. And he look, he's a football player. He gets around the edge. He can't quite get the sack. But he can get to the arm of the quarterback. And he strips the football when he really, you know, he's about to throw the ball so it's called a it's a strip sack he gets the sack he gets the strip fumble he picks up the ball the only disappointing thing he got caught by, he got a, quarterback. Caught by the quarterback. Got caught by a quarterback oh, but I, I hope this catapults him and look we know how gifted daryl taylor is he is as gifted as there is coming off the edge right he's just got to get that confidence have a game plan stick to what works and i think we can see more of this i think this is the definition of daryl taylor an extremely athletic play. Just fires off the line, dips and rip, gets too much penetration in the backfield, has to reach with the opposite hand and somehow still makes a play. But now it's all about getting them knees up and not letting the quarterback get you. I think he was it's so unfamiliar to him having that ball in his hand. He didn't know what to do because he's definitely quicker than this. But what helps the rush was the confusion also in the coverage. Uh, no question. He had to sit there and think about it for a second. He tried to get the crosser, but he didn't hit the crosser early. In the middle of the field, he had to wait for it to clear. Yep. And by the time he cleared that, it gave Daryl Taylor enough time to come around and, and strip that football. This R- is, really good play. This is match zone to the fullest right here. Uh, well, exactly. It starts. They zoned it off, and then boom, yep. they jump, and it turns into man-to-man. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's, it, and that's... 
Look, I'm seeing it more and more. I mean, we saw it actually the play before, mm-hmm. right? So how they're disguised and thing again, I don't want to get too excited, but uh, <laughs> pretty excited about what they're doing uh, in the passing game right now on All defense. Right. This next one, Ken Walker, 74-yard touchdown to ice the game. Mm. First and 10, toss to Walker, goes right side, has a little running room, Parkinson out front. Here comes oh up the sideline. He's on the run, 40, down to the 30. Are they going to catch him? I don't think so. 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Seahawks. 74 yards. The Seahawks get the ball on downs. They toss it to Ken Walker, the third. He gets fired out of a Gatlin gun, and he is gone up the right sidelines. 74, and nobody got a whiff. And he is in to stretch this lead. What a back. A great play call. The Seahawks now lead 36-16. to Man, what I love about this play is that they ran it the second time they had the football and set it up. And that the second time they ran it in the first quarter, um, the youngster, Ken Walker, got north-south and still got like a 9- to 10-yard game. But let me set it up for you. You got three tight ends in. A three tight end set, something that we're seeing more and more. We got two tight ends to the left. Colby Parkinson is going to motion over. Now, this is like an outside zone stretch type of play. They're trying to create seams and let Ken Walker kind of find his way, but he's starting to get outside. What Will Disley does is he attacks the end man on the line of scrimmage. Boom. Colby Parkinson helps his boy out and pretty much chip blocks him, put him on his butt, and then he's looking now for that corner. Then I look at D. Eskridge. He's in a nasty tight split. He's tight to the line of scrimmage. His job is to get the safety just enough to make that wall right there. And now he makes that wall. You got Kobe Parkinson getting out to the corner, and bam, that thing is sealed. The rest is Ken Walker. But I also want to look at the offensive lineman, man. Austin Blythe, good release, climbs to that second level. Boom, seals them off. Then we got Abe Lucas on the right side. Helps out on the double team. We call that a post hand, right? Helps out the guy inside of him. Boom, left hand post. Now I'm climbing to that second level and get just enough. And that's all you have to do when you're blocking for Ken Walker. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to dominate your block for mm-hmm. sure. But a lot of the times, you get just enough and let him read what you're doing. The rest is him. And uh, this guy ran 22.09 miles, miles per hour. The fastest ball carrier of the year so far. We might have something special in this young man. Well, he... Yeah, there. For, for, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna make a couple comments here. First of all, Abe Lucas and Charles Cross, unbelievable game. They completely shut down Cleo Mack, who was having an unbelievable season. Yep. Six sacks coming in. The amount of quarterback six. He was disruptive. He had one tackle, one assist, no quarterback hits, no sacks. I mean, he was just a non-factor in this game, and they really made it look kind of easy against him, particularly Charles Cross in the passing game. I can't find one negative play on this, or from a player, and you you described it great. First of all, Uncle Will Disley Great block. Pancakes the guy on the edge. Uh, you mentioned D. Eskridge. He does a great job. I think it was the safety. Um, every single person on this thing, you mentioned Blythe. Blythe gets through. Blythe's the key on this because he gets yeah. to the middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. He releases so quick that he cuts that middle linebacker off. And why he middle linebacker tried to come underneath on a toss. It makes no sense. Makes zero sense. <laughs> and by the way, if you're ever teaching how to run a toss, make sure you tell the quarterback to reverse pivot out because when I was coaching youth football I didn't and it cost us a game because he <laughs> opened to the toss and hit our fullback yep. right in the back yep. and in this case it would have been the same way he would have hit uh, 
uh, uh, Parkinson who was in motion on this. There's so many good things on this, but what I think more than anything, we don't need to be great blocks all the time with Kenneth Walker III. Um, matter of fact, one of them is when uh, Curhan tries to get a guy, doesn't really cut the guy off. He just gets him enough off balance. Mm-hmm. That's all Kenneth Walker needs. Yep. He's so fast. He's going to make the first guy miss anyways. And again, they had a safety who had the angle on him. He has the <laughs> angle on him, and he can't touch him. That's how fast Walker is. And by the way, I would have gone 22.5 miles per hour <laughs> if I was straight downhill shot out of a cannon. Okay. Hey, something tells me not to believe you. But well, I said out of d- downhill shot out of a cannon. <laughs> all right. That, were, that was uh, the film room, man. Great plays that we broke down there. When we return, we are going to talk that talk. This is when we pick several topics. We go back and forth. He tells me why I'm right, and I tell him why I'm right. That's how this <laughs> thing works, all right? That's coming up next right here on Hawks like Live. my wife. <laughs> It's time to put a bow on this thing and uh, talk about what we anticipate from these Seahawks. This is what I think is going to happen on offense. DK is not there, but the show must go on. Now, the show can go on, and we want DK to come back, but I think there's enough right now, and there's enough cohesion, there's enough understanding of the offense and people's roles so that this offense can keep going. This New York Giants defense, they're professional ballplayers, not knocking them, but I think that there isn't enough there to stop the Hawks. If anything happens, the Hawks are stopping themselves, not the Giants. The Giants are 6-1, and one, and because of that, it's going to be tough because they believe they can find ways to win. Not a great team. Uh, good team. Good at everything. Not yeah. great, I don't think, at anything. Uh, their running game, obviously, they, they got a bunch of yards, and Barkley's is, is special. But I think we feel that way now. Right. Like we believe that we can win anyway. And I, I think our defense is finally understands their role and what's going on. And we, sh- we were talking about some clips earlier in the passing game, you know, how they disguise things now, matchup zone that turns into man-to-man. Uh, I'm, I'm liking it. The, the way they freed up Jordan Brooks the last two weeks to be able to run to the football and Jordan is a beast. When right. If he didn't have to take on a guard every play, uh, he, he's special. Offensively, look, Geno Smith ain't going away. And mm-hmm. uh, our run game, we were showing some of those runs. I, we are a very good running football team. We understand the concept of zone uh, running. We, we understand how to seal people off. I think Blythe, not, not that he's really physical center, but he's smart. He knows how to cut people off. Um, Look, we're going to win this game. I can't give my score because i got to wait till Sunday. you got to all <laughs> listen. It's a special thing. I'm rarely wrong. Um, but I don't, think, I don't think this game's going to be that close. I don't think you it's going to be. You don't gonna, think so, no, huh? No. I, I, I think we're a better football team than them. We have better pl- skill players. We have a better quarterback. They've got some injuries. I think our running back's as good as their running back. Um, we're a better football team. We're at home, the 12s. We should be 6-1, and 5-2 and two at the worst. We're going to win this football game. I'm with you. I think that if it is close late within five points, we got a game. But I think that if the Hawks can get up 7, 14, 10 points in the fourth quarter, everything's rolling. That run game is nice. There's no turnovers. I think we're good to go. But I'm with you. I think this is a better ball club. The Seahawks are a better ball club than the New York football Giants. And I think that um, because it is America's game on Sunday, I believe it's one of the uh, primetime, I guess, uh, 1 o'clock yep, games. Yeah, so 125 kick start. That the nation is going to see what's going on here in Seattle. And the 12s are going to be loud. You know, beginning of the season, I did not think this was going to be a hot ticket. 
It's a it's a hot ticket. So I'm gonna take you back to 1986 real quick. Let's do 1986. it. 1986 about to break down. Be- best game I one of the best games I ever played. They got Joe Morris. They got Phil Sims. They've got uh, Carson. Their defense. They went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl that year. Uh, unbelievable. They came into our house mm. and we whooped up on them 17-13. I say whooped up on them. We shut them down uh-huh. offensively. Uh-huh. Seahawks are going to do the same thing. All right. You heard it here, folks. It's going down in Lumen. Paul Moore said it, so it must go down. All right, man. Hey, thank you, everybody, for joining us. And special thanks to Paul Swartz, Jordan Brooks, and Ryan Neal for joining the show. Our board operator is Brady Robick, on-site engineer Brenda Rogers, and production assistant is Nashant Gantapudi. Our executive producer is Nasa Chobi. The Seahawks pregame show is live this Sunday starting at 10 a.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bumpus, with Paul Moore. We'll be back next week right here on Hawks Live.